Hello everybody, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic and I am glad that you are listening to this podcast. This is The Strawberry Picks, a movie review podcast with me, of course, The Strawberry. I am going to be reviewing a movie every week. Uh, Right now, I'm just going through some Disney classic movies. I'm going to try to go through all of them. If you were here last week, then you know that I'm going to be reviewing a total of 49 different movies uh, all the way from from, you know, uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves all the way up to the more recent Moana. And if a movie comes out within that time, then I'll also review that afterwards. Uh, Making it 50 movies, which I really hope that I get to actually do 50 because that will be a really interesting time. Either way, I am glad that you are here. Uh, In this podcast, we're going to be going through a movie. through the plot of a movie rather going to explain it to you and kind of give some criticism along the way on like why I like this part why I didn't like this part what I found interesting what I found funny you get the gist you get the idea although today is going to be a bit different uh, because normally what I like to do is that I watch the movie and then I record the podcast almost immediately afterwards I'm not able to do that this time mostly because uh, there was something that came up right after I watched the movie so I wasn't able to get to recording the podcast unfortunately unfortunately. But I will still be able to go through what I retained from that movie, although it might be a little fuzzy because I, I don't know, I don't remember stuff really too well. Um, But I do have uh, the famous uh, Wikipedia to help me out here, uh, and I'm going to be looking through it and just giving out a a considerable amount of help from it uh, to kind of give you some background on it as well as far as, you know, when did it come out? What was the animation like? Uh, What did uh, the producer do? And stuff like that. And uh, I'm very excited for the movie today because today I'm going to be talking about the movie Pinocchio. When you wish upon a star Makes no difference who you are Now, Pinocchio is a very great film in terms of a lot of things. Uh, If I may quote here, many film historians consider this film to be the most closely approached technical perfection of all of the Disney animated features. Uh, Somebody once said that with Pinocchio, Disney reached not only the heights of his powers, but the apex of what many critics consider to be the realm of the animated cartoon. Now, that statement in of itself is huge. This is basically saying that uh, this is one of the best movies of its time. Um, not only that, but it was one of the best Disney movies. And argue it or not, Disney is, well, it's Disney. It is the place to go to for children's movies, for movies in general. They make top-notch movies, which is another reason why I am going through all the Disney movies, because they're all just so good. Um, now, obviously, not all movies are going to be as great as, you know, Pinocchio or uh, Snow White or whatever I may watch be watching, 
but they're still going to have some really good things going on. Now, Pinocchio was a film that was made in 1940, a long time ago, um, and it's uh, it's a movie about, um, well, you know, it's a movie about Pinocchio. It's in the name, uh, which is kind of a, a theme that goes on for a lot of movies um, that Disney makes is that they... Uh, put the name of a very important thing or character uh, within, the, well, as the title, more or less. Now, this movie, as I said before, it's 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 a, it's a really good movie, um, and there's a lot of influences that come from it, but uh, there's also a lot of stuff that uh, you might not expect from it. Because uh, I remember first going into the movie that, like, what, what I remembered from it was that, yeah, you have Pinocchio, um, who, like, if he lies, then his nose will grow, uh, and he, there's this, uh, there, there's this old man who kind of makes puppets and maybe some other woodwork stuff, and, and then there's this weird, uh, lady godmother-ish thing that comes in and, uh, brings Pinocchio to life, and then Pinocchio wants to become a real boy, and then he goes on adventures and stuff, and at one point he's in the belly of a whale, uh, and that's mostly of what I remembered going into the movie. Um, and after actually watching the movie, I realized that there's a, a lot of different things about this movie that people don't exactly expect. Um, the, bi the biggest thing that I found, uh, for instance, when, when you think of the character Pinocchio, uh, what's the first thing that comes to mind? It's his nose, right? Uh, if he lies, then his nose grows. Anytime that you find anything online about Pinocchio or the idea of Pinocchio, um, then you realize, well, you find out that, oh, it's, it's his nose. You always think, okay, Pinocchio nose grows when he lies. Uh, they're one and the same. But the interesting thing about that is that in the movie Pinocchio, that happens one time. I'm not joking. In the entire film of Pinocchio, the entire film, uh, there is only one single scene where Pinocchio's nose actually grows because he lies. Now... I'm not sure why this is. More importantly, I'm not sure why people associate Pinocchio with his nose growing. Maybe it's because uh, maybe in the original novel that it was based off of, because um, you know Disney, a lot of Disney movies are based off of old fairy tales and stuff like that. Um, but it might be that in the original novel, uh, his nose grew a lot more. Um, off of that note, what's interesting about the original um, Pinocchio is that it was very different. Um, yeah, uh, so Pinocchio was based on a novel, um, and so, but it was a very fixed story, and it had to go through a lot of changes. Um, for instance, in the original novel, uh, Pinocchio is a cold, rude, ungrateful, inhuman creature that often repels sympathy and only learns his lessons by means of brutal torture. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a Disney movie. <laughs> uh, what what I find interesting about this um, is that uh, the the novel Pinocchio was brought to Disney, or he was looking over it. Um, 
and uh, as, after Dis- uh, Walt Disney saw it, he was ecstatic over uh, wanting to, you know, um, do it. And it, it even says here, after reading the book, Walt Disney was busting his guts with enthusiasm. And I'm just thinking, uh, you have a lot of ambition there, Walt. Um, if you were busting, qu- to quote, busting his guts with enthusiasm, uh you might have some problems with that because that does not seem like the kind of uh, character that people would sympathize with. Um, Although they did agree with that and they needed to modernize the character, so to speak. Um, And they depicted him similar to uh, Edgar Bergen's dummy, Charlie McCarthy. Um, Now this, I don't know too much about, um, but it's, it's, it seems like that they did a good job. Um, another interesting thing is that originally Pinocchio's design uh, was supposed to be more like a real wooden puppet um, with a like a long pointed nose, a peaked cap, and just bare wooden hands. Um, and like when I picture that in my mind, I was like, yeah, that that wouldn't be that that doesn't seem like a relatable person. Um, even without all of that, you know, cold, rude, ungrateful, inhuman creature type thing. Um, and that is one thing about the movie that I kind of like is that, uh, Pinocchio has a character. I mean, he's a child. Um, I think I, I described it like this when I was watching it. Um, he is... He's like he—he's a—he has the body of a ten-year-old, and the mind of a two-year-old, but the emotions of like a seven to twelve-year-old around there. I, I'm not—I'm not too sure. Um, because a lot of the times, um, he doesn't really know what he's doing, and this really shows with the character uh, Jiminy Cricket. Now, one thing that's interesting about Jiminy Cricket is that. Um, he didn't really exist in the original story, um, which I personally find kind of interesting. Uh, see, Disney found that um, w- with the change of character that they made with Pinocchio, um, he w- he was like a child. He was he was way too helpless and was led astray by deceiving characters. Um, and what's interesting is that you can kind of see this in the movie itself, even after they added Jiminy Cricket. Because, yeah, th- this is what's interesting. They kind of added him because originally uh, the Cricket character, um, not only, well, for one, he wasn't named Jiminy Cricket. That was a name that was dubbed by Disney himself. He called him Jiminy. Um, but the uh, the Cricket character was only a minor character that Pinocchio actually killed by squashing him with a mallet. And then the Cricket character ra- uh, later on turned uh, into a ghost and kind of haunted him or something. Um, but, uh, because, you know, the redesign of Pinocchio's character, um, the, the, uh, they had to make Jiminy Cricket, you know, an actual character. Um, and you can kind of see this in the film already, uh, with characters like Honest John and Gideon, uh, the people who try to kind of trick Pinocchio into, um, you know, going and working for Stromboli um, or going to Pleasure Island uh, to take a vacation. Uh, You see that Pinocchio is very, um, 
oh, what's the word? He's very gullible. Um, you can say anything to him and he'll believe you, which is why uh, they created the character Jiminy Cricket. Uh, they made him into a character that would try to guide Pinocchio into the right decisions. Uh, that's why that, you know, Jiminy Cricket is made as the quote-unquote conscience. Although, you know, when I think about it, uh, Jiminy Cricket doesn't really do a good job at being a conscience. Uh, gosh, it's so funny because, um, you know, in the movie... Uh, Pinocchio goes to his first day of school and Jiminy Cricket's nowhere to be found. Um, and, I mean, you don't really notice that he's gone after a while, but uh, when you see him, he's like, first day as a, uh, as a conscience. Oh, you're doing a great job. And he's just kind of hitting on himself um, because, you know, he's not there. Uh, he, he's late. He slept in on the first day as being a person's conscience. Now, like, if I was able to be somebody's conscience, I would want to be, like, around them as much as I could to help them out whenever I could. Not to sleep in on the first day. Um, now, outside of the actual, like, how they made the characters and whatnot, the characters themselves in this movie, I think, are definitely one of the movie's strengths. Um... Let's just go through them real quick. Uh, starting with the first character that we see, uh, the ever-famous Jiminy Cricket. I know I've talked about him a lot, but let's actually just talk about his character for a moment. Um, because it's, it's a, he has a really interesting character. Uh, Jiminy Cricket, when we first see him, um, you know, he's singing the song, When You Wish Upon a Star. Um, and it's just this beautiful melody, uh, which, of course, as you know, later turned into... Uh, the Disney theme, like the overall theme of Disney, which I think is a really cool thing. Um, and you see him singing this, uh, and then you zoom in on him, and he's like, I bet you didn't believe in that. Uh, I bet you don't believe that wishes can come true. But let me tell you a story of how I changed my mind, because I used to think like that. Um, and he just has this essence about him that's like, he seems like a very proper man. Not not like not prim and proper. Like he he doesn't seem like he's like a rich guy that would do something um, kind of arrogant. Like he just seems like a good old chop um, that would just like you could hang around him and he might give you some advice or something. And he's a nice guy. He, he's not like a bro or anything. He's just a really nice guy. Um, and, you know, when you first see him, you're like, oh, that's that's nice. You, you seem like a nice guy. Um, but then in the very next scene that you see him, which is in the very beginning, you see him in rags. Um, and But he still acts the same. It's not like he's in rags and he's like, oh, I'm just trying to move in here and trying to get a place to sleep and nobody bother me. Um, no, he's actually still this kind man, um, this kind cricket uh, that like he does want to take care of himself, but he also cares for other people. Um, and he's very kind, very considerate about other people, uh, which is kind of why he becomes Pinocchio's conscience later on. Uh, because, you know, he goes out of his way to get caught. Um, he goes into, like, uh, like he lets the fairy and Pinocchio see him uh, just so that he can, you know, point out what's right and wrong. Uh, and, you know, like, I'll tell you what's right and wrong. 
Um, or I'll, I'll tell you what your conscience is. It's a little voice inside you. I'm doing a horrible impression of Jiminy Cricket, but I'm trying. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and uh, Jiminy Cricket's character is really fun. I, I mean, I've already said that, but I'm just re-emphasizing it because I do really like his character. Anyway, uh, uh, the next character that we see is Geppetto, um, which is this old man... Um, He's a he's a wood carver, uh, very just a very kind old man, um, and it's really interesting because I don't know how movies do this, um, but when they do it, they do it oh so well, and it just adds so much to it. But whenever you hear Geppetto talk or act or anything that he does you know that there's something else going on in his mind. Like, he's not just saying words. He's not just uh, moving the plot forward. He is saying things as if he has lived a life up to this point. Um, that could be any number of things. And, uh, and it kind of shows in his character, like... I don't know anything about the original novel, but I can already assume that, you know, this man has gone through many things. Like, he's probably lost a lot of family members, a lot of loved ones in the past, which is why he only lives with a cat and a fish, which he treats like human beings. Um, he gives each of them, even the fish, even the fish, he, he gives... Uh, the fish a place at the table and feeds it as if it's a human. Um, and, uh, I mean, obviously, the, the plate doesn't go on the table because the fish can't jump out and eat it, but it gets put in the bowl. But still, like, he he treats them with such care. And it's kind of like, did you have a divorce or are you a widower or something? I mean, it, it kind of... You know, it makes you feel a little bit sorry for him. Like, you want his life to go well because all he does all day is just work on his woodwork trying to make uh, trying to make a living for himself. But at the same time, you know, you're, you're, it's not sad because all the time he is this happy fellow that is just happy to be alive and doing what he loves. And that's great. Like, it, it, that shows so much. Um, and, yeah, and that's why, you know, like, he wishes on a uh, on a star, you know, starlight, star bright, first star I see tonight. I wish I may. I wish I might have the wish I have tonight. And then he wishes that Pinocchio, the marionette that he's been crafting for who knows how long. He just finished it by drawing on the eyebrows and the smile. He wishes that Pinocchio was a real boy. Now, a part of me thinks, you know, why would he do this? Um, but another part of me is just, you know, it's, it's a wishing star. He, he's just thoughtful. He doesn't, like, it's, it's a fun thought to think about, I think, is the intention there. But, of course, as we know, uh, the Blue Fairy comes in, which, by the way, is the character's name, Blue Fairy. It, the the fairy doesn't have a name or anything. It's just called Blue Fairy. Um, so the Blue Fairy comes in and, you know, brings Pinocchio to life. Uh, now, what happens next is one of my criticisms about the movie, one of the things I don't exactly like, uh, and that's that Pinocchio needs to 
earn his right to be a boy. Now, I understand that uh, this whole thing is like, that's how the plot moves along. That's how, you know, the story happens. But think about it for a moment. This blue fairy, probably a bean, I mean, a bean that can create life, creates life out of a wooden puppet and then tells such wooden puppet that has just been created by her own means that the soul or whatever that is in it, um, or like he, he, the, the blue fairy tells Pinocchio that he needs to become a real boy by proving himself. Now, why did she do this? You know, I'm just thinking, if, if this fairy can create life, then why didn't she create life for this puppet to be a deserving boyhood or, or whatever? Like, um, why didn't she make Pinocchio just already a real boy with all of the boyish characteristics? Um, like, it, it was something like you need to be unselfish, caring, and brave. Why didn't she make Pinocchio with those things already? I, it, it just seems like she could have done that. Like, is there just, like, a... Like a like a like a place for the souls to go, and then whenever she creates life, she just drags and drops a soul into this thing, and she doesn't know like what kind of personality can come out of it. It's just that it it's in there, and then you know she has no control over what kind of thing happens to that puppet. She just puts life into it. She doesn't know what life she's going to put into it. She just puts life into it. Um, and then that raises so many other questions. And it's it's just one of those things that, like, if you look too much into it, then you're kind of like, well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But in the terms of the movie, it's fine. Um, so, I mean, with that in mind, I'll ignore it. It's It seems fine. It's just, it's a little thought that occurred to me that, I don't know, it shouldn't be overlooked, I don't think. Um, but regardless, it's what kind of made the story to happen. Now... Uh, moving on to the next two characters, and I'm going to group these two together because they're both side characters. Um, uh, the cat, Figaro, and then the fish, Cleo, um, who are both owned by Geppetto, the woodworker. Uh, now, these two characters, um, and I'm calling them characters because they do have personality, um, they're, uh, they're supposed to be the comic relief, but they've also got a bit of emotion attached to them, which I really like. Um, for instance, the cat is, you know, very lovable to Geppetto, but once something else comes into the mix or somebody else comes into the mix, um, such as Pinocchio, then the uh, Figaro gets all jealous and stuff and doesn't like Pinocchio. Even when Pinocchio's not a real boy and just a puppet, Figaro gets jealous of Geppetto's affection towards a puppet rather than him. I'm assuming it's a him. Um, and then there's Cleo, which has one thing going for her, and that's that she is a fish that acts like a type of woman. Um, like a, that type of woman that's always like fluttering her eyes and waving her fan in front of her. And, and there's this really funny bit where uh, she kind of does that motion by uh, doing a little flip and then having her tail come over her face slowly uh, as if resembling kind of like a veil of some kind. Um, 
and it's 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 pretty funny. Uh, I do I do enjoy these characters, especially Figaro, um, just because of you know how Geppetto reacts around him, how Pinocchio acts around him, how Geppetto, uh, or sorry, how Figaro acts around the two, and it, it's it's very real. Like it, not in the sense that it's a cat, but if a cat were to be given a personality um, that would involve like getting jealous and whatnot. It, it does it really well, um, especially when you don't hear a lot of things. And, of course, there's always that factor of, like, okay, the kids need to have some kind of comic relief, and this is where Figaro comes in and fills that. Uh, so it, it's really nice. Now, the next two characters that I'm also going to group together are Honest John and Gideon. These two are interesting. Um, mostly because they're not human. Um, now, now this this is a thing that happens with a lot of Disney movies, and a lot of times it's fine because it, it kind of fits within the world, or it's Disney or whatever. But this this one time doesn't make a lot of sense. Now I can understand it for Jiminy Cricket because they they had to add that character in, and they couldn't make a life size person because that wouldn't make sense as a conscience. And they couldn't make some, like, spirit because then they would have to have an origin of the spirit. So they had to have some kind of small characters, um, some some small person or something uh, to be Pinocchio's conscience. Uh, so they decided on a cricket. Or rather, you know, I mean, as we said before, the cricket was a character um, that comes back as a ghost, but they didn't want to do that. And it kind of still makes sense. Um Real quick, one thing that's interesting about uh, Jiminy Cricket's character um, is that uh, even the animators, the, or the guy who designed Jiminy Cricket, doesn't think that he's a cricket. Um, uh, it's a guy by the name of Ward Kimball, and uh, he said he conjured up the design for Jiminy Cricket, uh, whom he described as a little man with an egghead and no ears. Quote, the only thing that makes him a cricket is because we call him one, unquote. Uh, so I just find that kind of funny because, like, they didn't even mean to make him into, a, a, like, an actual cricket. They just made him they – just, they're just calling him one, which I, I find that really funny because, you know, you never hear him chirp or anything. You hear him, him whistle, uh, <laughs> which – now that I think about it, that's actually kind of funny. He doesn't chirp, he whistles. <laughs> um, but going back, uh, Honest John and Gideon. Uh, so what I don't like about these guys is that they are anthropomorphic foxes. and Well, an anthropomorphic fox and a cat. Um, and I know what you're thinking, like, oh, well, every Disney movie has that. Every Disney movie ha has some kind of animal that acts like a human. They're all anthropomorphic and all that, and that's okay because it's Disney. I get it. You need to sometimes put personality with animals to make them more appealing to children. But th this just seemed unnecessary when every single other character outside of Jiminy Cricket um, – that has a voice is a human, it just seems completely out of place that these two specific characters need to be a fox and a cat. It just it just doesn't seem right. Um, 
so I, I don't know the reasoning behind it or whatever. Um, it's probably just to put some variety within the character design. I'm not sure. Um, although they really could have been more creative with it um, as far as, like, making a human into that kind of thing. They could have, you know, I mean, even without the whole beanie fox or being a cat, they have a good design um, that's unique. So I don't know why they made them into a fox and a cat outside of they need to appeal to children and all that, which in the time of 1940, I guess that was the case i mean i didn't live around that time so i'm not too sure but you know it's fine um so anyway uh but those two characters are really cool also um and this is a common theme throughout the movie that i'm going to be talking about like every single character that you meet seems like they have a life outside of this movie and whenever a movie does that mm, it's it's so good when they do that it's like Ah, just please do more, please, please do more like that. Oh, just please. Um, So, yeah, it seems like they have a life outside of this movie, you know, conning people and stuff. And um, especially when they say, like, oh, Stromboli is back in town. Oh, and he's looking for a puppet. We we need, we, yeah, that's really cool. Um... And so it's kind of like, oh, these two might know each other, or at least Honest John and Gideon know of Stromboli outside of this movie, which is really cool. Um, And they know him, and I'm thinking they already know him because, you know, they go to him to say, hey, want a puppet without strings? Um, Which comes to my next character, one of my favorite characters, Stromboli. Um, Now... He is just a side character, so he's not the greatest character, but the things that they do with him are so funny to me. They just make me smile from ear to ear. Um, The biggest thing being that sometimes he talks in his native language, whether that be Russian, French, Italian, or whatever it is. Uh, every now and again, you just hear him mumbling to himself in that vo- or in that language, and it's just like, wait, what is he saying? Uh, and you know, you never actually know what he's saying. He might be saying gibberish for all we know. But then there are other times when um, he just gets angry and stuff, and just starts going off like, and you're just like, what are you, <laughs> what are you saying? Um, and it's so funny because, like, he could totally just be cursing you out and you would have no idea. And no ch- parent or child would have any idea. But those that would find it hilarious, like myself, just start laughing at it because, you know, I mean, it's just out of nowhere, especially in a children's movie, a Disney movie. And you just hear him just shouting at Pinocchio or whoever in this uh in this Russian language or whatever language it is. And it's so funny. Uh, Anyway, yeah, so that's why I like Stromboli. (laughs) Um, And uh, outside of that, there's one other character uh, that Pinocchio meets along his way uh, named Lampwick um, when he goes to uh, uh, Pleasure Island, Um, which that whole scene is really interesting um, just because of 
you know, the way that Lampwick acts immediately when you see him, he's interrupting Pinocchio, uh, just talking about his life and being like, yeah, I, I, I know a good place or two and um, gonna get, get over there and uh, do, a, do a couple things and poke somebody's eye out. <laughs> and uh, even when Pinocchio is trying to explain, like, I got a card from uh, Honest John. He's paying my ticket here. Um, he just gets immediately interrupted by it, uh, uh, Lampwick. Um, and the, this part of the movie where they go to Pleasure Island and eventually everybody turns into donkeys, um, except for Pinocchio, obviously, it's the this is the other criticism I have about the movie in that um it's only in this scene in particular when they go to Pleasure Island and all that um but l- let me let me ask you something why do they turn into donkeys no seriously when i mean the 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 coachman, which by the way is the character's name, um, the guy who brings everybody there, uh, he's just called the coachman. Um, and he brings he had to have discovered Pleasure Island at some point, and then learned that if he brings children here, then they'll turn into donkeys. Whether or not them acting bad will turn into donkey donkeys, I'm not sure, but I. I'm not sure why. Like, uh, uh, even the quote from the Wikipedia page, um, uh, uh, without rules or uh, or authority to enforce their activity, Pinocchio and the other boys soon engage in smoking tobacco, gambling, vandalism, and getting drunk, much to Jiminy's dismay. Later, while trying to get home, Jiminy discovers that the island hides a horrible curse. The boys brought to Pleasure Island are transformed into donkeys and sold into slave labor. Uh, Jimmy runs back to warn Pinocchio, only to discover that Lampwick has transformed into a donkey. Pinocchio manages to escape, only partially transformed. Um, and so, so the Wikipedia article explains it as it's a curse of the island. Um... And it, 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 the curse is the boys brought to Pleasure Island are transformed into donkeys. Um, now, obviously, I understand the whole morality thing because um, a lot of times, you know, they're referred to as, well, the other name that you give donkeys. Um, uh, that being the other word. Well, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so... You know, I, I get the idea that they're all saying, uh, e- even Lampwick at one point says, like, what, do you think I'm being a jack? Um, and then Pinocchio, when he sees, you know, his ears grow and the tail grow, he's like, yeah, you're a, you're a jack. Um, so <laughs> that, that part is kind of funny, actually. Um, and I understand that, like, you know, they're trying to get the idea, like, hey, don't be a bad boy or this is going to happen to you. Um, and then Pinocchio is supposed to learn from that, like, oh, I'm not supposed to do this or something, which now that I think about it is a horrible way to teach a kid to be good is that if he acts bad, then he's going to turn into a donkey. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, so, (laughs) um, yeah, that's kind of a confusion that I had. Like, why do they turn into donkeys? It's, it's, it's a curse on the island that only turns little boys into donkeys. I mean, it's a horrible thing because, you know, 
as it says here, you know, the coachman sells them into slave labor, which is a horrible thing. Um, and, and that's another thing, like, you have to realize that in this movie, the coachman never gets caught. I mean, like, who's the, who's the bad guy in this in this movie? You know, like, who is the bad guy in Pinocchio? There's not one bad guy. There's Gideon and Honest John who kind of turned him over into the over the other bad guys. There's Stromboli who tries to keep him. Um, there's the coachman who tries to transform him into a donkey. And then there's the whale which tries to kill them. Oh, now that I think about it, that's actually a good explanation for Pinocchio's character. Okay, that's kind of interesting because, I mean, those are basically the four bad, the villains of this movie, so to speak. There's there's uh, Honest John and Gideon uh, who kind of teaches him not to, like, be gullible and to trust his conscience or whatever on, like, what's right and wrong. Uh, there's Stromboli, which teaches him, you know, to uh, stay to his roots or, like, you know, the life as an actor is a lie and... Uh, don't trust uh, people that seem bad or whatever to you. Um, and then there's uh, the coachman, uh, which is supposed to teach him not to be a bad boy uh, or whatever because it'll turn him into a bad person. Uh, and then there's the whale, which teaches him to be brave, I think. Um, l- let me let me, let me me look real quick. Uh yeah, he's supposed to be brave, truthful, and unselfish. Now, the brave part I can kind of see with the whale because he rescues Geppetto from the whale um, by, you know, uh, sacrificing himself more or less. Although it seems like he would be fine, but I'll, I'll get to that later. Uh, the truthfulness part, I think he just learns from the fairy by that one scene where he uh, where his nose grows. Uh, he could just learn to do it then. Uh, and then the unselfish part uh, could also be, like, maybe with Stromboli, like, he's selfish because he wants to go and be an actor. But at the same time, that doesn't really come off as being selfish, more as, like, he just really doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, when he... Okay, so th- this happens in the movie. Um, he talks uh, with, you know, Honest John and Gideon, and they're like, oh, we should go be an actor. And then uh, at one point, uh, Honest John gets stuck in his hat, and as they're trying to get out, Jiminy Cricket comes over and tells Pinocchio, okay, listen, you shouldn't be doing this. You should need to go right up to them and tell you thank you, but sorry, I need to go to school. And then immediately, there, there's no hesitation by Pinocchio. Immediately, when uh, Honest John calls him over, he's like, yeah, let's go to the theater! And that's it. And I'm just like, the, no hesitation, no thinking about it, nothing. You just immediately ignore Jiminy Cricket and just go ahead and do whatever you think somebody else tells you to do outside of Jiminy Cricket. I don't know that that it doesn't seem unselfish to me. It just seems like he's an idiot, but I don't know. It's 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 a really confusing thing. Now I, I'm saying a lot of things about like, well, this doesn't make sense. Well, this doesn't make sense. Well, this doesn't make sense. But l- let me be clear: this movie is one of the best movies of all time for a reason. 
the animation quality, the characters that you come to love, uh, the story that it tells of going from one place to another, um, and just the sound design of, like, uh, the the rain, the cart, especially of that time, is very top notch. Um, the soundtrack, the music is really good. Um, just every everything about this movie, aside from a couple of specifics, is just fantastic. Like, I I, I am a person that likes to watch a lot of um, a lot of Japanese animation, uh, for uh, informally known as anime. Um, now, a lot of people out there I know will look at people who watch anime and be like, oh, they watch anime? They must be nerds. Oh, I don't want to go with them. They, they probably live in their mother's basement and eat chips all day and don't do anything for a living except play video games and other things and watch more anime. They probably have a body pillow, a body pillow of their waifu or something. <coughs> oh, my voice. Um, and honestly to that, look, anime is, is really cool because it tells so many stories that in my opinion are far better than some of the American live action movies that you can see today. Now, am I going to say that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is worse than an anime that I saw one time? I mean, there, there, are, there are arguments for both sides, you know. Um, but um, sorry, sorry that I went on that tangent there. Uh, but there's a term in anime that's called sakuga, uh, which is basically when all of a sudden the animation quality, the fidelity, everything about it just ramps up like crazy. And this movie, Pinocchio, has that. Uh, it's it's when they escape the whale. Like beforehand, there's this nice scene with Pinocchio and Geppetto finally reuniting with each other and being like, hey, we can roast some fish for tonight under a fire. And then Pinocchio's like, fire! We can use the fire to smoke him out and make him sneeze! That's really high for Pinocchio. Um, <laughs> so, and then right after that, after they escape, Immediately, like, the waves and the splashes that both the whale, the boat, and the general waves in in general make, just the frame rate and everything just goes up by a ton. Um, There's so many things that are happening as they're trying to escape uh, the whale because the whale is trying to kill them. Um, And it's, it's so insane. Like... I, um, what I've actually done at one point, I put, like, some really epic music to, uh, uh, the scene, that scene, and it, it looks so cool. Um, anyway, enough nerding out about that. Uh, so, yeah, this movie's really good for a lot of good reasons. Um, and I hope that you do watch it at some point. Uh, outside of that, um... Yeah, this movie just has a lot of things going for it. Like uh, the the songs, for instance. There's, uh, if I can go through it real quick, um, When You Wish Upon a Star, When You Wish Upon a Star, which eventually turned into the theme of Disney itself. Like that in itself is a huge take or a a huge thing. Like 
uh, that song later, you know, it, it got an Academy Award for Best Original Score um, at one point, which is crazy. Uh, and, you know, because it became the theme song for Walt Disney, the Walt Disney Company itself is a really interesting thing because, you know, they could have chosen any song or even come up with an original tune themselves, but they decided to go with the main theme, the first song that you hear from their second movie, which is considered one of the greatest movies of all time. And I cannot blame them for it. It is a really good movie. Um, now, outside of that, there are a couple of things about this movie that... Um, I found interesting and possibly not in a good way. Uh, for instance, you know, when uh, Pinocchio has to go to school, like the night before, uh, you know, Pinocchio comes to life and Geppetto says, oh, tomorrow you're going to school. And that kind of just comes to mind like, wait, are you saying that he had the book available? He had the right size for a child Pinocchio size of like a school uniform, unless it's like a one size fits all type of thing. Um, and, like, he had all of that stuff beforehand, or, like, does does everybody get one in the town or whatever? Um, and there's just little things like that that I look at Pinocchio and I'm like, why is that the case? But at the same time, you know, songs like, I've got no strings to hold me down, da, 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 um, along with, uh, oh, what, what's what's another good one? Um, there's a couple of songs that appear throughout the movie that are very uh, not known at all. Like, uh, there's a song that Geppetto sings when uh, he's playing around with Pinocchio when he's still a marionette, um, My Little Wooden Head, which is the nickname that Geppetto gives, uh, wait, yeah, Geppetto gives Pinocchio is My Little Wooden Head, which is very odd. Uh, especially since he's, you know, alive at this point. Um, and uh, let's see, what's, what's, a, what's another song that happens? Um, I think there might be one at Pleasure Island, but outside of that, not too sure. Um, but otherwise, this is a really good movie. Overall, it's a great movie. Uh, there are a couple of things that happen in it that can either be... Uh, uh, kind of considered as either, you know, it's just part of the story, you need to accept it to enjoy the movie, or it's of the times, um, or there was just something that was overlooked, or uh, something, just something, small things like that that aren't, you know, deal breakers for the movie. They're not like big things and or whatever. I mean, if you go into this movie not trying to overanalyze anything, like how in the world can um, uh, Pinocchio eat anything, which uh, I don't think he can. Uh, but and then there's like there's another part um, at the very end where Pinocchio quote unquote sacrifices himself to save Geppetto, and he falls it into a like. He's unconscious, and this is something I don't understand. Why is he unconscious? Moreover, why is he considered dead? How did that happen? Like, like how much of a wooden puppet is he, and how much of a real boy is he? Because he, a lot of him is wooden, if not all of him is wooden. But, like, he has moving eyes, 
a mouth that can move like a human. Uh, he has eyebrows that can move. Uh, he can move his hands and legs and feet and whatnot. Um, so, what? Like, does he have a brain? The, is there like? It, it, how did he like? Okay, did the waves like crash him into a rock that like cracked his skull or his wood or something, killing him instantly? Or like, did he drown? No, he couldn't have drowned. He walked through the water like for that whole segment underwater, which by the way is really well animated and it's really cool. Um, but it's just another thing that's like, uh, I mean, like I said before, if you overanalyze this movie. There are going to be a couple of things that stick out to you and you might not like as much. But if you go into this movie knowing that some of those things are going to happen and you don't care at all about those things and you just go into it thinking that it's going to be a great movie, you're just going to enjoy it as it is, then you're going to love it. You're going to love this movie because, I mean, as a Disney classic, it is one of the greatest films that I have ever seen, uh, especially for its time. Um, I mean, one one thing real quick is that like Pinocchio is supposed to be a metaphor for the American child in the mid twentieth century, um, and like the the message that it sends, uh, convoluted or vague, whatever, is really is really good because you know it's that hey. You need to be a good child. <laughs> I mean, it's a very simple one, but it's good. And the story of Pinocchio is really interesting because it's segment after segment after segment. And although some people might think of that as like not a fixed story that doesn't have a beginning, middle, and end, um, I still kind of think of it as it's an interesting take on a movie that I almost think should be done more often as long as, you know, it still has a clear you know, beginning, middle, and end, it, it still kind of, you know, goes wherever with it and tells, like, multiple stories because, I mean, as you know, this originated from a novel and they couldn't have done the entire novel, so I think they just picked out, like, the best parts of the novel or, like, the main parts of the novel, which I find really interesting. Um, but, yeah, outside of that, it's a great movie. Um, I have no doubt in my mind that uh, this should get the attention that it uh, deserves or it has gotten the attention it deserves um, because originally this actually wasn't a box office success uh, they were actually in the it uh, the company actually fall uh, sorry uh, the company lost like over a million dollars uh, to this film um, mostly because like around this time you know World War two happened and that whole thing um, so not a lot of people were able to see it. Uh, but afterwards, there were re-releases of it, and now it, it, Pinocchio's lifetime earnings go from, you know, negative one million, making the company lose money, to $84 million. That's a lot. Um, <laughs> that's more money than I'm going to ever make in my lifetime. Uh, and... It was made by a single movie made in 1940. Now, that's crazy to me. And I think this kind of says something for a lot of people. Like, yeah, you might not be a success right now. A lot of times, things that are extremely successful aren't really recognized at the time. 
Maybe it's because you're ahead of the time. Who knows? But sometimes there are things that don't go as well as you think they will. But if you keep on pressing on like Disney has, then eventually it'll come back to catch you and it'll make you into a better person. It'll it'll make you – well, it. I shouldn't say it'll make you famous. But, I mean, look at Disney. He started off – as this animation studio, whatever, made Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, which was a pretty good success. Second movie he made, Pinocchio, wasn't a really good success at the time. But then later on, you know, as of now, he's made over 80, that one movie has made over $84 million and continues to make money. Um, And then there's so many other movies that he's made that's just piling on to that number. And, I mean, it just kind of goes to show, like, you just got to keep on pushing, keep on trying your hardest. And and this is kind of something that I identify with. Like, no matter what you do, you always need to do your best. That doesn't mean that you need to do the best job at it. You need to do your best job at it. Um, And in everything that you do, go at it with determination, ambition, Um, and a desire to do the best that you can do. Um, And that's that's something that I always try to do. I always try to do all that I can um, to do what I need to do, and I think that you should follow that too. Always try to go at life just doing your best. And I know that I'm kind of just repeating myself at this point, but I do need to emphasize this. Like, take a note from Pinocchio and... You know, just even though it might seem hard at first, even though it might not work out at first, keep on going because eventually you are going to find a place where you are happy doing what you are doing. It has earned you the right to be where you are, both in terms of fame and money and happiness. And just keep going. Just never stop trying. Even when you're at, like, rock bottom or whatever, just keep trying. Any Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. Pinocchio is a great movie. Um, sorry that I kind of went on to that tangent there. Um, but I do think it was important to state that. But, yeah. Definitely go and see Pinocchio. I think, I mean, as I've said multiple times by now, it's one of the greatest movies ever made. Um, and I could talk about on it more on a couple of other things, but I think that I have wasted your time long enough. I do hope that you have enjoyed your time here. Uh, I hope that whatever you're doing, whether it be uh, working or driving or whatever you're doing, um, I hope that you have fun, do it well, and uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, thank you for listening in. This is the Strawberry Picks podcast, a a movie review podcast. Uh, Thank you for listening one more time. And as always, I will see you next week when I review the movie Fantasia.